the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed it is. And a good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are ready and rocking and rolling on a Monday. It's the 23rd morning, morning rather, of the eighth month of the year of our Lord 2021. Before we start on Monday, let me look back to Friday and say thank you to my friend Khalid Namar. Uh, terrific job as always. I always get great reviews when Khalid fills in for me. I'm very blessed to have a, a deep and talented bench who can uh, step up and start at quarterback for me vir- virtually on a moment's notice, uh, like Khalid and my friend Rob Walgate and my friend Peter Kersenow, and I always appreciate the great job those guys do when I can't be in the chair. By the way, thank you to everybody who came out on Friday to what was a tremendously successful um, golf outing and fundraiser for uh, the Independence Kiwanis Club and their fundraiser for Children of Fallen Patriots. It was such a great day. I got to golf with uh, Len Hauser, my colleague and friend from over on the fish, and uh, with our sales manager, Tim Vaughn, and salesman Eric Perusek. It was a great, great day, not, not because we got to play golf, Although that was really a great way to spend a Friday on a beautiful day on Friday, but the money that was raised and the the genuine passion that was there, I have seen some charity events this year be less than um, uh, less than full uh, as people you know kind of started to return back to normal things that they would attend, et cetera. After all of those things got canceled last year, you know, five k runs you usually have thousands of people there. For example, the Kerstetter Run in Illyria, uh, honoring uh, the memory of James Kerstetter, police officer who uh, lost his life in the line of duty. That Kerstetter Run usually draws thousands between runners and um, and supporters and fans and onlookers. And last year was canceled because of COVID, and this year it came back. But apparently nobody knew because there were just a just a spattering of people there. 
So I came to this charity event for children of the of uh, fallen patriots on Friday, not really knowing what to expect. And um, I got to tell you, home run out of the park. They were hoping to be able to put eighteen foursomes on the course to do a shotgun start, and uh, and away we go. They had thirty two foursomes who came out, and all of that money raised for children of fallen patriots which is exactly what it sounds like to provide me for the needs of children whose parents lost their lives uh, making the ultimate sacrifice for our country and uh, it's college scholarships for them and so many other things just just a great event on friday so thank you to khalid for sitting in thank you to uh, the team and thank you to the independence kiwanis club for hosting that great event raising that money i was glad to be a part of it All right, having said all of that, we have a lot of work to do today. Coming up on the program in about 40 minutes, a little less, we're going to talk to Congressman Jim Jordan about the ongoing disaster. There's really few words that you can use that summarize uh, and are more accurate uh, the situation in Afghanistan caused by Joe Biden and his blundering, bumbling uh, uh, military leadership than disaster. And uh, Jim Jordan will talk to us about the disaster in Afghanistan coming up. Also, about an investigation that he has launched into uh, private agencies spying on, or spying rather, and, and, and prying into the private lives of American citizens. Uh, it's, it is also a disaster. Quite frankly, it's, uh, and this is with the assistance of the government. The government using private agencies to spy on American citizens. It's it's simply inconceivable, but it's happening. And Jim Jordan will tell us about the investigation that he is launching into that. So that's at 948. Then at 1010, after the top of the hour, we're going to dive back into critical race theory because it's been a while since we've been there. And it's a really important time to go there because Cleveland.com, which, of course, is just the online version of the plain dealer. They claim to be separate entities, but they are one and the same. On Cleveland.com, maybe it ran in the paper, I don't know. I can't remember the last time I picked up a Cleveland Plain Dealer, actual physical newspaper anyway. But on Cleveland.com, they ran a story, uh, a very rather large story on Friday, headlined, Here's Why Fear of Critical Race Theory is Drawing Suburban Cleveland Parents to School Board Meetings in Protest. Now, if you're wondering how, what kind of fair treatment uh, that a Cleveland.com slash Plain Dealer reporter would give this very serious subject. And it is a very serious subject. I'm glad they're giving it some space uh, on their webpage and on the in the newspaper if it was there. But if you're wondering how fairly the far-left Plain Dealer would treat this very important story, here's the, th- the uh, second paragraph. The phrase critical race theory was not uttered often at that meeting, but it was at the center of the tension, like it has been in district after district in Northeast Ohio, despite little or no change in school curricula. Officials are coming under intense criticism by devoted groups of residents who believe that racism is largely a thing of the past. That's all you need to know. That's all you need to know about how far-left media treat very important, serious subjects and conversations like critical race theory. That if you oppose critical race theory being taught in classes, teaching children to hate, A, one another based on their skin color, and B, their country because of its colors, if you believe that that's a bad thing to teach, then you just think racism doesn't exist anymore. It's a thing of the past. That's how they framed this right from the get-go. 
Well, they used a lot of sources to put their little story together, together, and one of them was uh, Protect Ohio's Children, or Protect Ohio Children. Jonathan Broadbent is a board member on Protect Ohio Children. He has been a fixture at board meetings all over Northeast Ohio, uh, um, educating school boards about what critical race theory is and how dangerous it is, and counseling them on, on uh, you know, researching the real motivation behind critical race theory and its Marxist history, etc., uh, before they go and make any policies allowing this stuff to be taught in their schools. He has just been all over this from the get-go. Well, he was one of the individuals who spoke to Eric Heisig, who wrote the article for Cleveland.com. And um, I'm going to let Jonathan tell his story at 1010. But to say that he is not happy with the way things were portrayed, perhaps quoting from him, perhaps quoting from Protect Ohio Children or Ohio Values Voters or anything else, Jonathan Broadbent wants to speak out on this, and uh, I'm going to give him that form. So Jonathan Broadbent at 1010, and as I say, Jim Jordan at 948. Now, before we start on the top stories of the day, let's pause for the pledge. Please, patriots, stand. Put your hand on your heart. If you have a flag nearby, please face it. If you don't, that's okay. But please join us in reciting our Pledge of Allegiance. And liberals, Democrats, America haters, go ahead and take your knee and grumble to yourself in dismay and disgust at this support, uh, at this uh, display of patriotism. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Americans are in very serious jeopardy in Afghanistan. Uh, A lot of people look at the Afghanistan story and say, we've been there for 20 years, I just want to get out, I don't care about the rest. Do you care about your countrymen? Do you care about Americans who were working in Afghanistan? Do you care about Americans who were working particularly for the State Department at the U.S. Embassy in Afghanistan? Do you care about people who put their lives on the line to assist Americans in Afghanistan? Because if you care at all about those things, then you'll continue to care about this story. Uh, the defense secretary in Afghanistan, or rather, the defense secretary for the Biden administration, Lloyd Austin, was on with Martha Raddatz on ABC yesterday. And she fact-checked him and called him out when Austin gave the latest version of whether or not people, can Americans, can get to the airport in Kabul. You need to understand this. There's a lot of depth to this. Not necessarily in this clip, it's just more dishonesty from the Biden administration. And I don't even know if it's dishonesty for the sake of dishonesty, or if it's dishonesty out of incompetence. You understand what I mean? There's a difference. Being just blatantly dishonest because you're trying to cover something up is one kind of dishonesty. Um, Being dishonest because you are just literally incapable of finding the correct answer is another. And that's kind of where we are with... um, Uh, with Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, the Pentagon chief, the man responsible for the U.S. military, now 6,000 troops strong in Afghanistan, after we took out 2,500 troops, the last 2,500 troops. We sent 6,000 back in to clean up the mess that the ugly and incompetent withdrawal of 2,500 created because of the extraordinary ignorance of the commander-in-chief. I mean, do you, do you understand this? That the Biden administration has told Americans in Afghanistan 
that you're on your own to get to the airport, to the Karzai airport. If you get there, we can transport you out of there. But you're on your own because we're not coming in to get you. But just get to the airport, and you'll be safe, and we'll be able to transport you out of there. Meanwhile, literally just a day ago, the latest warning from the U.S. Embassy in Kabul told people to leave the airport ASAP and stay away. It's too dangerous there. American citizens are being attacked American citizens are being detained, and Lord only knows how many of them have been held and kept. We don't know that right now. But what we do know is that the guidance from the Pentagon and the president was get to the Karzai airport. Remember when Lloyd Austin said, I don't have the capability of going into Kabul to get people? But if you get to the airport, you're good. Now they're saying stay away from the airport because you could get killed. I want you to think about that. The U.S. Embassy in Kabul is warning U.S. citizens to avoid traveling to the airport unless individually instructed to do so because of the danger at the airport. This is literally just a day after Biden uh, said, hey, uh, the Taliban is providing safe passage for American citizens to get to the airport. Who's lying? The embassy? The president? Or the Taliban? I don't know. Do you? But the Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin doesn't seem to have the first clue, as as evidenced by this conversation with Martha Raddatz. We've got tens of thousands of people out there desperate to get to the airport, surrounded by the Taliban. So why can't the U.S. send convoys out there? If you have uh, an American passport and if you have the right credentials, the Taliban has been allowing people to uh, to, to pass safely through. Not, I not- just have to pause there just because of the importance of that again. The Taliban has been allowing people. In other words, we take our orders now from the Taliban the terror-sponsoring government that has overrun Afghanistan. The same terrorist organization that funded and trained al-Qaeda operatives before 9-11 to commit the worst terror attack in the history of, of this country on American soil. We are now taking our orders from the Taliban. If the Taliban said, the Taliban is, is, is mother may I. I mean, the the American military now looks to terrorists and says, Mother, may I allow a couple of Americans to come through the checkpoint to come to the airport? And you remember that kid's game? Mother may say yes, mother may say no. And we have to listen to the Taliban decide. I mean, it's, it's, I'm just thinking of kid's games here. It's Red Red Rover, let some Americans come over. And the Taliban will either say, yes, let them come over, or turn around and say, stop. We're listening to the Taliban call the shots. The most mighty military in the history of humankind It has been neutered, has been literally neutered. They've been cut off because of the weakness projected by a doddering old pre-Alzheimer's patient who pretends to be commander-in-chief and because of a defense secretary who's more concerned with Ibram X. Kendi and reading woke books and anti-racism and gender policy than military preparedness and how to handle Afghanistan and the Taliban. 
be through. Not in all cases. Uh, there, there's no such thing as an absolute in this kind of environment, as you would imagine, uh, Martha. There, there, there have been incidents of uh, people, uh, you know, having some some tough encounters with with Taliban. There have been incidents with people, American citizens, having tough encounters. That means they're being beaten. Americans are being attacked by Taliban because the Taliban does not fear America's military. Not when it's being run by people like Lloyd Austin and commanded by Chief Joe Biden. They have no fear. As we learn about those uh, incidents, we certainly go back and engage the Taliban leadership and, and, uh, and press home to them that our expectation is that they allow uh, you know, our people with the, with the appropriate con- uh, credentials to get through the, through the checkpoints. I want you to hear that part again. When we find out that American citizens are being attacked and beaten by Taliban, how do we respond? Do we go in there and kill Taliban? No. We go back to them and say, Mother, may I? Mother, may I please have a few more Americans come through here that aren't being beaten? Literally, he just said we got to go back and talk to them again and ask permission. Again. Uh, incidents, we certainly go back and engage the Taliban leadership and, and, uh, and press home to them. We go back and engage them. How? Militarily? Physically? Protecting American citizens? No, we, we press home to them. We really try to encourage them. Please, Mother, may I? Please? Please let these people through. Please? It's our expectation that you'll do that. Please? Red Rover, Red Rover, let that American come over. Don't beat him up on the way, please. That's our expectation, and that's our hope. We have been reduced to a laughingstock. The mighty American military has been neutered. And it's the 100% the responsibility of Joe Biden and his weak, ineffectual military leadership. 923, quick time out, right back after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 926, we continue talking about the extraordinary incompetence of the Biden administration to handle simple affairs, military affairs, and yes, uh, evacuating American citizens out of a place where it should not have been this difficult. And uh, talking about Afghanistan, had it only been done in the right order, keeping the 2,500 troops in place, which were security, which were keeping the Taliban at bay, while you evacuated all of the Americans, and then evacuated all of the American weaponry, or destroyed it so that it wouldn't fall into the hands of the Taliban. Nope. They took the troops out first and then said, after this country has been overrun, eh, good luck getting to the airport to get out of there through all of that Taliban. Secretary of State Tony Blinken is an incompetent boob. I wish I could say it a little bit more softly than that, but I cannot. Just listen. In addition to the question of the security and the ease of Americans getting to the airport, the president on Friday said a a, a few other things that were flat wrong, Mr. Secretary. Here he is on the threat from al-Qaeda. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with al-Qaeda gone? But a U.N. report this summer says that al-Qaeda is present in 15 of the 34 provinces of Afghanistan. And General Milley said this summer that if the Taliban fell, that he was, or rather took over Kabul, that he was going to have to upgrade the terror threat from al-Qaeda. The president, what the president said just wasn't true. Chris, uh, 
step back for one second. First, as we as we all know, we went to uh, Afghanistan 20 years ago uh, with one mission and one purpose in mind. And that was to deal with the folks who attacked us uh, on 9-11, to bring bin Laden to justice, which we did a decade ago, and to diminish the capacity uh, of al-Qaeda to do the same thing again, to attack us from Afghanistan. And that, to the president's point, uh, has been uh, successful. Uh, we got bin Laden a decade but, ago. But, and Mr. Secretary, the, the president, the, sir, the president Please. said al-Qaeda is gone. Simple question. Is al-Qaeda gone from, Pakistan, uh, from Afghanistan? Al-Qaeda's capacity uh, to do what it did on 9-11, to attack us, to attack our partners or allies uh, from Afghanistan, is vastly, vastly diminished. Is it gone? Are there are there Al Qaeda uh, members and uh, and remnants in Afghanistan? Yes. Uh, credit to Chris Wallace for a change, by the way, for staying on it and not letting him dance around that with the diplomatic answer. Is it gone? Well, no, it's still there. Remnants remain, but they're diminished. They're diminished for about two more weeks because the Taliban has liberated over five thousand Al Qaeda fighters from prisons in which they were being held. You don't think that Afghanistan or uh, that Al-Qaeda is about to be reconstituted, perhaps more fearsome than it was before, particularly when experts in the region say that Al-Qaeda forces being released are being released at the same time as many Islamic State fighters that have been captured and instead of being killed have been held. So you've got ISIS and al-Qaeda coming together now because the Taliban liberated these prisons. And you're going to sit there, Tony Blinken, Secretary of State, and say, al-Qaeda's ability to wage terror attacks on Americans have been totally diminished. Yeah, until next Tuesday, when all of those forces that have been released reunite and begin their next plan, their next mission, their next attack, this is this is just, just simply incredible. That's the Secretary of State making foreign policy on behalf of the United States. Tony Blinken, he's a boob. All right, I know we've got people on hold. If you're on hold, stay there. I'll come to you right after the news on AM 1420 The Answer. where political correctness goes to die. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Onward, 935. Thanks for being with us. Don't forget Jim Jordan coming up at about 13. Jonathan Broadbent coming up at the top of the hour at about 10.05, So make sure you're here for those interviews. Any interviews that you miss, by the way, any segments that you, that you miss, opening monologues that you really need to hear, you can always check them out at the um, uh, webpage, whkradio.com, whkradio.com. You know the best way to do it, too, is download the free app. I don't, I don't talk about that enough. Uh, the free mobile app, 1420 The Answer. Just go to your app store and search for 1420 The Answer, and uh, you can download the app, listen to the show live, via the stream there. You can go back and look at uh, listen to uh, old podcasts as well. Okay, let's go to the phone uh, phones, uh, and we'll talk to Mark in Fairview Park. Hey, Mark, you're on the air. Go right ahead. 
Morning, Bob. Uh, when I spoke with you last week, I was, but you sounded a little uh, shaky at best, but I couldn't even think straight. You know, from the night of the 12th, I was walking around in a daze for like a week. I, I couldn't believe what was happening. On the 12th, the Thursday night, I was watching provinces fall like uh, every time I blinked, you know. And the reason I was like a zombie around here was because this was an exact repeat of the 1975 Vietnam. I think I was reacting this way because it was like it was just like deja vu. It it it, it threw me back then. I was in the evac uh, Air Force then, and involved in the evac evacuation of Saigon. Our uh, uh, air outfit C one thirties. We just got back from Europe, twenty one uh, tactical airlift squadron, and uh, the sirens went off. And get your bags packed and get on the planes. You know, we flew from uh, Little Rock, Arkansas, Travis Air Force Base, Hawaii. Midway, Guam, and then to the Philippines, and immediately started flying into Saigon. And uh, we got there kind of late. We only had two days of pulling people out. But it was, uh, you know, they're knocking the fences down. We have the ramps on the plane. We're trying to Mark, get Mark, out. Mark, I, I want to, first of all, thank you for your service and, uh, and everything that you experienced in Vietnam. But I want to keep this current for listeners so that we can uh, let's stay on topic here. Let's stay on what, uh, okay. what's your, well, what's your latest on what where we are. To, mm -hmm. Yeah, basically I wanted to say what... Uh, the, you know, I watched this, so Biden comes out after he's uh, lecturing us on what we need for these uh, the storms and make sure we have enough toilet paper. The guy, you know, the guy doesn't seem to get it. He's still reiterating the statement that we needed to get get out, which most people agree with, you know. It was the way it was done, Joe Bobblehead. It was the way it was done, and he's still trying to convince us that we needed to get out. And... Uh, <laughs> The, the guy is lost. This well, is the, the discussion we about whether or not we needed to get out, I mean, overwhelmingly Americans, according to polls, and including the last president, President Trump, said we do need to get out. But it's not about getting out. It's, you know, that, I mean, that is a decision that has to be made. I can see, and I've made this point. Thank you, Mark, for the call, my friend. I've made this point many times that I can make a very strong case for staying there, and it doesn't mean we're engaging in a forever war. Again, we have troops in very, very high-profile places in which we, you know, we were involved you know, as war zones in the past where we kept a base uh, uh, there, and we, we keep a few thousand troops on hand there at all times because of the strategic nature of those locations, whether it be Korea, Japan, Germany, or whatever. And nobody says we're in forever wars in those places, but we are where we need to be. I could make a strong case for staying there too, but having said all of that, the larger or the uh, the majority of people say we want to get out of there, and that's fine. But getting out of there involves doing it correctly, and that means leaving the fighting forces that provide the security for the embassy there last. You get the civilians out first. You get your allies, Afghan allies, out first. You get the military equipment out first or destroyed or dismantled so that it cannot be used by the enemy then. I mean, it's like backing out a front door where a bunch of enemies are approaching. You back out, but with your, you know, with your uh, M16 trained on the enemy there, and you, and, you, and you leave and say, whatever you do here now is on you, but our people are out uh, the front door. Or the back door, however it is you want to phrase it. But the point of the matter is, Obama did, or Obama, uh, well, yeah, Obama, Biden, Biden, Obama, I think they're working together on this. But they butchered it. They bungled it. They took the last 2,500 troops out first and then said, oh, by the way, how are the, uh, how are the uh, embassy workers, how are the diplomats, how are the uh, contractors, how are the American civilians and Afghan allies going to get out? Uh, well, the Taliban will be nice enough to let them out. <laughs> and this is their, this is their mindset. Mother, may I? 
Uh, Charlie's in Westlake. Hi, Charlie. Go ahead. You're on the air. Hey, Bob. Thank you for taking the call. What I was thinking, I'll put out a warning. Rahm Emanuel said, never let a crisis go to waste. And, and Biden, oh, Biden, said this was planned chaos. To me, they, they're creating these crises. The one on the southern border is created. The one that's happening here. This is going to go down as Dunkirk, Trail of Tears, the Baton Death March. If people start dying, this is going to be forever in our history. But I'm wondering what they're doing behind the scenes. If you look a little further back, Obama let the head of the Taliban out of Guantanamo for a deserter. This was planned. This is not. That's right. This, that's right. Not the head of the, the, the guy who's running the Taliban. Now, hold on, hold on, hold on, Charlie. Hold on, hold on. Let me emphasize your point there. Um, the head of the Taliban right now, the guy who's calling the shots, was in prison at Gitmo. He was one of five. We, I remember talking about this at length during the Obama term when, uh, and I don't remember the year. It was around 2013 or 14, somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, but I remember very distinctly talking about the high, or the five high value Taliban slash Al Qaeda detainees who were let, set free from Gitmo, all so that, uh, the Taliban that was still around in Afghanistan would allow, uh, Bo Bergdahl, the, uh, the U.S. deserter, the deserter, the traitor, uh, who, des- who deserted his post and essentially joined up with the Taliban to let the, to let him come home? And 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 I remember I remember Obama and Biden at the time saying, "Oh, well, these people are not going to be able to go back to the battlefield in Afghanistan because when we release them, we're going to make sure they go to Qatar instead or Qatar, as some people describe." Or def- um, uh, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Say it. Um, so at any rate. At any rate, uh, those individuals didn't stay in Qatar. And now, yes, the Taliban leader is indeed one of those that were set free by Barack Obama directly, who is now leading uh, the overtaking of Afghanistan. Go ahead, and Charlie, finish your thoughts. Well, they're playing three-dimensional tests. I don't think we really understand it. I don't know what the reason, other than, you know, I'm a tongue-in-cheek. Kamala Harris, she's got to the root cause. The root cause is America's greatness. So if we can eliminate America's greatness, we won't have all these people trying to come here. So maybe that's the plan. Who knows? But I'm saying this is this is planned. We have chaos. And I'm saying, look behind. There's something else going on. Who knows? Maybe they want China to take over. I don't know. But this is this is planned. It's going to go down in history. As one of the worst, I mean, it is. It's Dunkirk. It already is one of the worst. It already is one of the worst foreign policy disasters in American history. And 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 the only question is is where it will rank in the top ten or top five. And 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 thank you for the call, Charlie. That will depend on how many people die in the ta- at the Taliban's hands. How many Americans are killed? How many Americans are captured, taken hostage, or whatever the case may be? Because they do not fear the American military. By the way, since you brought up Kamala Harris, I'm going to give you this. Did you see the the giggling buffoon yet again? Kamala Harris approached by a reporter, asked about Afghanistan, finds the question and the issue funny. She, I mean, every time this babbling, incoherent, pseudo-intellectual, and she is a pseudo-intellectual, She's a fake. She's a fraud. Anytime she has asked something that's difficult, she can't just ponder it and answer with a reasonable response. She has to say, oh, you silly. Why are you asking me that? <laughs> and then she'll settle into her non-answer. Listen to her. Do it again.
A reporter yelled, what is your response to Americans not being able to evacuate Afghanistan? And her response is, <laughs> hold on, everybody, <laughs> as if we're just sitting around having tea. And we're just goofing around and just having a friendly chat. You were just asked about American lives in danger. And your response is to giggle about that? Hold on, slow down, everybody. <laughs> that's, that's bad enough. The capper comes when she actually gives a short response. I want to talk about two things. First, Afghanistan. We couldn't have a higher priority right now. And in particular, our priority is making sure that we safely evacuate American citizens, Afghans who work with us, Afghans at risk, including women and children. And that is one of our highest, if not the highest priority right now. And if that... that that was her non-answer. Her answer was, um, it's our highest priority to evacuate American citizens. That's the point, you unimaginable dolt. American citizens aren't being evacuated. They're being attacked and killed and stopped at, or attacked anyway, and held at a Taliban checkpoints. And American troops are not allowed to go into Kabul and get them. Uh, our highest priority is getting Americans and our Afghan allies out, especially women and children. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Good God, this woman is number two in line for the presidency, and number one is a pre-Alzheimer's patient who doesn't know the day. Jim Jordan joins us next, AM 1420, The Answer. Download the free WHK mobile app and listen to your favorite WHK programs or podcasts on the go. It's free in your app store. All right, 9.50, let's dive right in now with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan on AM 1420. The answer, Congressman, good morning, sir. Good morning, Bob. How are you today? Uh, I've been better, sir. My military yeah. is at the weakest point, weakest point it's been in in the history, of, well, in my lifetime, let's phrase it that way. And uh, there is no turning back. Uh, we are being led by a pre-Alzheimer's patient who doesn't know what day it is, uh, and a command or a uh, uh, um, Defense Department secretary, a Pentagon chief, uh, who contradicts himself with every other sentence. Congressman, let's put yeah. into context what we are watching right now there are still thousands of americans now they were told just last week by uh, lloyd austin the defense secretary that we can't come into kabul and get you i don't have that capability but if you can make it to the karzai airport you'll be safe there and right. we'll transport you right home. now over the weekend the embassy is telling people stay away from the karzai airport it's too dangerous there if you can avoid that area get away from there what on yeah. God's green earth are we doing? What are these American citizens? They can't be rescued by by convoys going in from the 6,000 troops that are there now in Kabul, and they can't make it their own way to the airport because they're being told to stay away from there. This is this is a disaster that gets worse by the hour, sir. Yeah, no, when you, when you project weakness from the Oval Office, when you display incompetence, bad things happen. When you have contradictory messages, as you just pointed out, what are American citizens supposed to do? The, the bottom line is they never should have been put in this position. The idea that we're going to we're going to bring troops home, but we're going to do it before you secure the weapons, you secure the air, uh, airport, and you and you get, get American citizens out. Uh, so none of this makes sense. But I said this last week, 
uh, this is, it's frightening how incompetent everything seems to be going here, now the, the level of incompetence. It's embarrassing, but it shouldn't be surprising, Bob, because again, tell me what this administration has done right. There is not one single major policy area you can point to where they've done the right thing. It's always been the wrong thing. So uh, again, I guess maybe the one thing you can say about this, this administration, they're consistent, they're consistently wrong, they're consistently bad. Well, yeah, they are, they are all of those things. You know, I said to you a week ago and maybe two weeks ago too that I hope to goodness, uh, that our, our, our State Department is outstanding at diplomacy because that's the only way we're going to solve international crises now because our military is too weak. Uh, and come to find out, they can't. I mean, Tony no. Blinken is as bad at his job as Lloyd Austin is at his. He was asked yesterday by Chris Wallace if Al Qaeda is gone as President Biden declared in his speech on Friday. Said Al Qaeda is gone. Tony Blinken could not say, I mean, first of all, he wouldn't answer the question. He said, we did what we needed to do to stop Al-Qaeda from being, being able to create a, another 9-11. But when Chris Wallace said, is it gone? He admitted, no, it's not gone. And guess what? It's about yeah. to be reconstituted by the 5,000 Al-Qaeda detainees that were released when the Taliban overran the country. Yeah, of course. Of course. Uh, you know, again, why this is not surprising, Bob, I, I, I saw this last week. I was watching the news and watching all the, the terrible images we saw, the, the people cleaning it, and, and uh, they put Wendy Sherman, came on and talk, and I'm thinking, Wendy Sherman, this is the same Wendy Sherman that I remember when I was on the Benghazi Select Committee. So the same people who were responsible for the debacle in Libya, who, who put together the foreign policy, Wendy Sherman, Jake Sullivan, Tony Blinken, uh, the, the same, uh, the Susan Rice, the same cast of characters, they're now running foreign affairs, they're now running the State Department, they're now running all this. So, again, we shouldn't be surprised. The same people made the decision to throw out Gaddafi, who was a bad guy, I get it, but then didn't have any type of plan for how they were going to deal with Libya, and we had the tragedy that happened on September 11, 2012. They're the same people who made these decisions. So, again, we shouldn't be surprised. But the, 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 I was talking with a, a former colleague of mine, and I'm like, did you have the same reaction when you saw Wendy Sherman, Jake Sullivan doing these interviews? I actually sat in a deposition with, uh, with, with Jake Sullivan back during the, the Benghazi Select Committee. So same people. Um, again, it just shows you how, when it comes to the, the left, how wrong they are about foreign policy. Yeah, and, and nobody is held accountable. That's the worst part about this, yep. too. There is, there is no possible way to put a positive spin on the way this has been handled. And I don't care if it's from, uh, Milley to Austin to Sherman to Sullivan to any national security advisors or any, or the president himself. Uh, they, they, none of them will admit they're, they, they were wrong. None of them will admit they were no, wrong. No, and they'll in make fact, up excuses. They make up, just let me remember with Benghazi, what did they tell us for the first whole, for the first couple weeks? They said it was a video that started it. Right. They said it was not even the terrorist attack because they were 56 days before an election. So now they're, they're coming up with all kinds of excuses. I'm surprised they haven't come up with a video excuse for this thing. So, yeah, th- 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 that's how these folks operate. They're incompetent. And then they go, oh, we got, well, we can't be square with the American people and, and tell them that, you know, it was a bad policy, bad idea. We just screwed up. They can't do that. So they've got to come up with all kinds of reasons and excuses for why we, we, we what, for, for what we're seeing isn't, you know, they try to tell us what we're seeing isn't actually the case. Well, and, and you oh, know, the, the other part that is so infuriating, Congressman, is the casual um, manner in which they dismiss the crisis. And in fact, you, you yeah. remember this from, from, uh, from last week. Joe Biden, when confronted with the disaster that was unfolding before his very eyes, yeah, yeah. as George Stephanopoulos yeah. said, look at the pictures, look at the videos. Remember when he said this? We've all seen the pictures. We've seen those hundreds of people packed into a C-17. We've seen Afghans falling. That was four days ago, five days ago. What, what 
does that mean? That was four days ago, five days ago. Well, the, the January 6th uh, uh, Capitol breach was uh, seven months ago. Why are we still talking about it? Four or five days ago, people yeah. were dying, clinging to airplanes. That's not today. Yeah. So why you, why you, I mean, is that not the same thing as what difference does it, at this point, does it make? That's Hillary, yep, that's uh, that's Hillary referring to Benghazi. What do we care? That's in the past. It was four or five days There's ago. Never, the, the casual the left manner is, is just so, so infuriating. No, I, 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 I look. I, I'm, I get it, uh, but the left is never wrong. Uh, the, the, the left is, uh, you know, they're they're never held accountable. It's just the nature of the left. And while the press is being somewhat, uh, uh, you know, acting like the press should act and actually get some of the information out and, and, and asking a few questions, I think that changes real quick. And they'll start then they'll start covering for for Joe Biden and they'll start saying, "Oh, look at the number now we're getting out," and they'll start praising him pretty soon. It's just so easy to be a liberal with the, with the way the mainstream press operates. But I think, again, you see it, your listeners see it, the American people see it, the level of income. That answer Joe Biden gave, it was almost like the angry uncle that come out and said, ah, you, know, the, you know, quit bouncing the basketball on my, my sidewalk. I mean, that, that answer, like that was four days ago. Well, like, what? You're the commander in chief. You're the leader of the greatest country in history. And that's what you say to that question? I mean, yeah, it's, 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 it's so frustrating. It, it really is. One other quick one here before I ask you about the investigation that you want to launch uh, into uh, private companies uh, colluding with the federal government to uh, violate Americans' privacy. Um, what does it say to you that we have the Taliban reconstituted and running Afghanistan, Al-Qaeda on its way back because of that, perhaps merged in some unholy way with ISIS from what we have been told by uh, by intelligence agencies that uh, ISIS fighters have been released to. So we've got all of this going on while we have a porous southern border, and the biggest yep. threat to the United States in terms of terrorism, according to the Biden administration, is white uh, militia groups white supremacist groups that they say actually and 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 just to kind of underscore this congressman jordan the former cia director michael hayden uh just oh, last the, over the weekend retweeted yep. a photograph of the actual taliban in afghanistan and a parade of trump supporters on their way to listen to a trump rally and the caption yeah, was that. their taliban and our taliban they're calling Trump supporters, there were American flags flying, and they said, this is our Taliban. What does that say to you about the way that the American left feels about, you know, people who are constitution-loving, freedom-loving, uh, you know, Americans who, who wave American flags? No, that's who they are. That, that, they, they, they just don't like us. They, they hate us. They despise us. You know, we're the, we're the, the, you know, we're the Trump supporters that Peter Strzok could smell in the Walmart. Uh, we're, we're the, we're the Trump supporters that are in flyover country. We're not elite and sophisticated like the folks who live in LA, San Francisco, New York, and Washington, D.C. So th- that's, that's just their attitude, and it's so arrogant. But I tell you what, the good folks in Ohio, um, they don't buy it, man. They, they, they are so frustrated by that arrogance, that elitism, that they, they, it just, I mean, that is not America. Uh, so, um, but that's just who they are. They, they truly think that about people who vote for President Trump, people who get up and work hard every day, who aren't you know, hanging out in the fancy uh, ivory towers, as they say, of these college campuses or in these big think tanks, these liberal think tanks in D.C. and New York. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's just who they are. But um, that's, not, that's not the American people. And, again, I always say the American people see it. They're fed up with it. Joe Biden is more concerned, more concerned about a kindergartner wearing a mask than he is about our southern border. There, there's no other way to say it. 
that he is more concerned about your kindergartner, whether you, you as a parent want them to or not. Joe Biden thinks your kindergarten, the most important thing is the kindergartner has to wear a mask at school, but forget about the fact that March was the highest month on record for illegal crossings until April. April was the highest month until May. May was the highest month until June. And June was the highest month until July. Forget about that and forget about what's going on over there in, in Afghanistan. Uh, we're focused on making sure kids, uh, you know, in second grade, first grade kindergarten have to wear a mask. Congressman, uh, last thing, and we're a little short on time here, but let's talk about your investigation. Um, the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, is contracting now with big tech, Silicon Valley, uh, private companies to spy on American citizens and target them for uh, for censorship or, or Lord only knows what. Can you tell us more about what you're looking into here? It's unconstitutional. You can't, you can't go contract out and do something that you're not allowed to do under the Constitution, but that's the game they're trying to play, trying to be too cute here. Uh, meanwhile... In the month of July, as I just indicated, 212,000 people crossed our border. Illegal crossings of our border. 212,000. And Mayorkas, who runs DHS, is saying, oh, we're going to go violate the Constitution and go spy on Americans. You've got to be, again, tell me one thing this administration has done right. There's not one single thing. They've been in office eight months, and they have, the inflation is up, the border is in chaos, rockets fired on Israel, the debacle in, in Afghanistan. Uh, crime and every, you know, we shouldn't be surprised when you defund the police that you have more crime. We shouldn't be surprised when you pay people not to work that we can't find workers. We shouldn't be surprised when you tell people you can't be evicted that people stop paying their rent, even though we're giving them all kinds of money. I mean, you just go down the list. Everything these people do has been bad for the country, bad for families, just wrong. But, um, and here they go again. Now they're trying to spy on us. Yeah, and that's literally what it is. That they're and they're looking to target and punish people who express dis- dissenting points of view from that of the administration. Congressman Jim Jordan, keep up the good work on the investigation. You Let us know as that goes up. along, sir, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you, sir. Great. All right. Two minutes after ten o'clock, we're a little late. That's all right. We'll come back in uh, after the news with Jonathan Broadbent on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.